Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, a writer, entrepreneur, and changemaker, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. This podcast highlights some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet on this podcast. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and tomorrow is my 30-year reunion of my high school graduating class. I graduated from North Farmington High School in Farmington Hills, Michigan in 1989, and I thought it would be a great time to reflect on where we started and how we got to where we are today. I loved high school. I loved my peers and my classmates and the experiences we had growing up in suburban Detroit. On this episode of the Make Meaning Podcast, I've invited some of my classmates to join me in a conversation about where we thought we were headed and where we ended up. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so normally I have one or two people on this show, but today I have six amazing people, and I thought you guys would do the best job of introducing yourselves. So let's go around, let's hear who you are, where you live, what you do now, and um, anything else that our listeners should know. So let's start with Shelly. Oh, (laughs) ladies first, I guess. I knew I was going to get started first. (laughs) Hi, I'm Shelly Sharp, and I'm from Fishers, Indiana, in town for the reunion tomorrow. So Uh excited. I am a work-from-home mom. I run my own international business. Awesome. What kind of business? So it's a fragrance business. Uh Awesome. Cool. Excellent. And Jason, why don't you go? My name is Jason Monska. Very pleased to be here. See some long-standing friends, some happy faces. Um, grew up in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Moved to Scottsdale, Arizona for college. Came back to Detroit for a brief stint for a few years in business. Uh-huh. And ended up back in Arizona where I love it. Just a, It was always meant to be for me. Have two beautiful daughters. I have an ex-wife who I get along with well. Uh-huh. Co-parent as best we can. And hopefully keep our kids on the straight path. Awesome. Very cool. Welcome. You just flew in, too. I did. Which is awesome. Thank you for being here. All right. Arthur. That looks like a version of Steve right there. (laughs) Somebody just walked by. You guys, there are big windows here. We're at the Detroit Foundation Hotel, and people just walk by while we're recording. So that's what you're you're missing. Yeah. Hey, guys. So this is uh, Arthur Glusman. Um, Live uh, in Commerce, Michigan. Haven't moved from Michigan. I have... uh, Two kids, still married. It was our 19-year anniversary on July the 9th. Congratulations. Yep, I got a 19-year-old girl. She's uh, f- going to be a sophomore at uh, Western, and my son's bar mitzvah mm-hmm. is coming up on September the 1st. Nice. Um, and uh, I've been in recruiting and coaching for 20-plus years. In fact, Lynn and I have worked together, and yeah, looking forward to working with you again. Cool. And awesome. I haven't seen anybody in 30 years. So welcome. I'm glad you're going to the reunion. Yes, Excellent. <laughs> awesome. So Ross Green, you're up. Hi, I'm Ross Green. Uh, <laughs> graduated with all these crazy people. Um, happy to say I'm still a Metro Detroiter. Haven't moved away. Uh, went to school here in Detroit and didn't finish school. Decided to go into business by myself and uh, ended up becoming a full-time firefighter paramedic. Been doing that 25 years now. 
And I actually just got back into the transportation business, which I was doing 20-some years ago before I was a firefighter. Nice. I have I have two wonderful stepchildren, a 27-year-old daughter and a 24-year-old son who happens to be in the Air Force, and he's a firefighter as well. Wow. Thank him for his service. That's awesome. All right, Steve, you're up. Hey, uh, my name is Steve Rudin. I have been living in Washington, D.C. now for almost 24 years. I forecast the weather for the ABC affiliate here, and... That's pretty much it. Awesome. And you were our senior class president, right? I was. Excellent. Cool. And, and ma- most likely to be a game show host. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll get to share that awesome picture of you with the senior shirt on the, with the show. We'll talk about it. Yes. We'll talk. <laughs> Meteorologist, game show host, almost the same. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, you're up. Okay. Hi, I'm Jeff Simpson. I am currently a math teacher at our old high school, North Farmington High School. Go Raiders. Just finished my 25th year, so obviously I enjoyed high school because I'm still in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, lovely wife, Amy, will be married 19 years in about two weeks. And then I have two daughters who one will be a senior at North Farmington and one will be a freshman at North Farmington. Um, and I enjoy, I still coach um, varsity girls basketball coach. That's where I'm at now in Holland, Michigan at Hope College. Uh-huh. And I coach softball with both my girls and travel softball. Awesome. So you guys, um, 30 years, it feels like there's no way we could be 48. I just don't get it, you know, but I still think I'm 25, but it has been 30 years. And so I don't know if I'm looking back with rose colored glasses or not. So what, when you look back, what do you remember about, you know, what you were thinking when you were ready to launch, you were ready to go, um, we were heading out, you know, where did you think you would end up? Anybody remember that stuff? You know, for me, this is Jason, uh, I always knew we had a special class. I mean, nothing's perfect in life. No one's life is perfect. But we just did have a special class of people that I always look back, look back upon fondly. Um, as far as myself, I always had the pull to Arizona. It just it always felt more like home to me, even though Detroit's my home and it's my family. But Scottsdale's where I live and it's where my daughters are and it's where I've set up roots. And it's just always been somewhere I wanted to be. And it feels great. Yeah. So you kind of set out, and you ended up there, and you sort of stayed the path. Yep. Awesome. Who else? Um, Jeff Simpson here. Uh-huh. Um, well, the ironic thing was I was voted most likely to be a teacher at North. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then if you if you pull out the old senior video, it says I'll be there in five years. I don't know if I thought it'd take me five years to graduate, but I actually <laughs> did graduate in four. Uh-huh. And then I taught for one year somewhere else before I got hired at North. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, it worked out almost perfectly. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's really cool. Who else? Ross here. Um, I think some of us thought uh, because of the time that we were required to go to college back in the late 80s, it was you had to go to college uh, to do something and um, – I, I was reluctant. I probably should have signed up for the military right when I got out of high school. Yeah. But uh, I went to college. I went to University of Detroit, studied architecture, enjoyed the school version of it. But when I got in the real world, it wasn't something that I really enjoyed. So I left architecture and went into my own business. And uh, uh, somehow it uh, progressed into becoming a public servant, being a firefighter. So it was completely different than a plan if it was a plan, I think the plan was predisposed for some of us yeah. to go to school and try and become something uh, 
but it, it, it's obviously worked out. So Well, and, you know, bravo to you for having the confidence and the courage to know yourself back then. I don't know about you guys, but in my 20s, I don't think I had that courage. I think it was way, well, well into my 30s that I was like, you know what? This is my life. I'm going to write it. But, um, you know, that's really awesome. I think that a lot of young people don't have that confidence. Well, I think it's important to be able to make a change. Uh, and I made a dramatic change from being a self-employed business owner to finding something that uh, was, I guess, less self-serving. Yeah. Um, and it, it made a difference. I think it was uh, a good difference for myself, uh, family. My family life changed. Um, and, it, you know, it's one of those things that we take for granted. I think in today's society, uh, a lot of people talk about uh, vocational schools and and you know, uh, that type of work. And I think it's different now. And I think what we think we should do when we're in high school Mm -hmm. is very different than what we really want to do. Mm -hmm. That's really true. Yeah. Shelly? Yeah, I remember getting out of high school and I don't know that it wasn't, there was another option. It was everybody, where are you going to school? Right. And all of a sudden I thought I was going to Michigan State and then I went to a football game and it was crazy overwhelming for me. Uh I thought, oh my gosh, this is where I'm supposed to go to school. I better find somewhere else and got a piece of mail and it said Adrian (laughs) College on it. I said, mom, take me here. I think this is where I need to go to school. (laughs) And three and a half years later, I graduated from Adrian College, you know? Wow. So it was kind of crazy. But um, I have an 18 year old and he just graduated from high school with almost 800 students. Oh my gosh. And we've been talking for about 18 months about an after high school plan. Mm-hmm. And I can't I can't lie as his mother and went to college. I was very excited when we got the acceptance letter uh-huh. from um, Ball State when it came and it said you're going to Ball State, you're a cardinal. I was jumping up and down. And um when I still talk about it with my friends I'm like, when I drop him off and actually make his bed in his dorm room, we will have a drink. And when he passes math and I'm, it's Christmas time, I will tell you he's going to graduate from college. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so when we get through freshman math, we're good. But I, looking back at it exactly 30 years and watching my son go through the same thing, I had no idea. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have a 17-year-old. My oldest is 17. I have four teenagers. And... Um, were we as cocky and dismissive as they are? Because Mm-mm. I'm telling you, no. my 17 year old, my 15 year old, it's like I know nothing and I'm like the most embarrassing person ever. And mm-hmm. I thought I was super cool and I got them this far. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what's the deal? Like, were we that too? I mean, well, I had the best backhanded compliment from Kalina the other day. We were driving, or actually, she was driving. And she enlightened me that she thought I, she used to think that I was the dumbest person on earth oh. until recently she realized I was very smart. <laughs> I, I think I'm supposed to say thank you. <laughs> Backhanded compliment, right? That's so funny. Jeff and Steve, let's hear from you. Uh, well, about this is Jeff. Uh, about the high school kids, they're uh-huh. all cocky. Okay? <laughs> Trust me, I work with them every day. <laughs> uh-huh. They, um, it, I think it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, my kids right now, I'm, you know, you think I know nothing, you know, just like I'm, I'm, you're saying you, you don't know anything according to your son. It's the same situation. All the kids think that. And I think we thought we knew everything. And then you go off to college and you start going into the real world, and you're like. No, my parents weren't that bad after all. They kind of knew a little bit of stuff. And I think that's where we're all looking forward to that day when they finally come back and tell us we aren't as dumb as as they think we are. Yeah. Most definitely. I'm hoping. (laughs) Arthur, you were going to say something. Evolution. (laughs) The digital age. It's like everything else in life. It changes people, right? But um, uh, no, with regards to myself, uh, I think the question was, where did we think we were going to be? Yeah. 
So for those of you that remember, uh, you know, I'm originally from Russia, right? We There was Andy Greenbaum and all those other guys. And I think because of that, well, because of that upbringing here, when I came here when I was eight, you know, we were always pushed to, you know, to do more, to, to have that drive. And, you know, uh, coming from an immigrant uh, background, um, at least myself, I just always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know exactly I was going to be in recruiting and coaching. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that started actually uh, when I was a senior and Rick Benton was in 11th grade. Uh-huh. And uh, we were in, mu- uh, what was that, uh, the music teacher? <laughs> no, it was Levine. And I brought my keyboard in and I started my DJ company. Oh, back then, uh, yep. the 80s. <laughs> yep, yep. I was just with Rick yesterday, as a matter of fact. Are you, oh, that's right. He's in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, he sold that company that yeah. we started, Living yeah. Energy. Yeah. Oh, right. that's right. That's right. right that was right. the company. It's the DJ RDG. That lasted a long time. Right. <laughs> right. It did last a long time. Hey, Steve, we haven't heard from you. Where did you think you were going to end up when you left high school? Yeah, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do meteorology. Yeah. I did not know how to do it because uh-huh. I didn't want to go work for NASA. I didn't want to go work for the government. Uh, I wanted to do broadcast meteorology. And at uh-huh. that point, there was one school in the entire country really? that offered that, that program. And I was not going to go to Mississippi. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, so I went, nothing, nothing's wrong with Mississippi, but I ended up going to Michigan State. I graduated and then I went to Michigan after that. Uh-huh. And I never knew where I was going to end up in uh-huh. terms of the city because of this career, the career that I have, yeah. the city picks you, you don't pick the city. Sure. Um, there aren't that many openings. And I ended up in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And I was really fortunate after 14 months to come to D.C., yeah. And but never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that here I am almost 24 years later in Washington. Right. Because my my end goal originally was to go back to Detroit oh. or to go to Chicago. And sure. once I got to D.C., I was like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's funny because I remember when I was growing up, I thought this was the most boring place ever. And, you know, I couldn't wait to hightail it out of here. I mean, I went to Michigan undergrad, but then literally three weeks after graduation, I moved to New York. And then somehow that was okay, but not ideal. And so a year later, I was in D.C. And then the whole time I was away, I missed Michigan. I sort of missed the... I don't know, the friendliness. Like I used to complain when I was in DC. I don't know if you feel this way, Steve, but that when I would be on the beltway in traffic and I'd let somebody in and they wouldn't wave to thank me. And I'm like, oh, the indignation. Like in Michigan, people would say like, thanks, you know? And um, so- our, our, wave, our wave here is the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so I came back in 96 and um, 95, 96. And I, I love being free. I love living here. Like, the, and of course, some of my kids are like, oh, I can't wait to leave. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. You know, like, but I mean, there are other places that you discover are, are your home. Um, but, you know, I, 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 got, I gained an appreciation of where we're from, from being away. Hey, you know what? You know? There, there's something that, I mean, growing up in Michigan that you just don't get in other places. I mean, you don't get greens. Mm-hmm. You don't get good corned beef sandwiches unless you're in New York City. I mean, just food-wise, Coney, Coney dogs. Coney dogs. Not, non-existent. Right. Yeah, non-existent here. <laughs> Lafayette, yeah, you've got both of them. you got Lafayette and American right there. It's right around the corner from where we're recording right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we, awesome. might, we might head out there over after this, that's, right? That's you lunch know? on Saturday for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, so talk a little bit, you guys, about you know where the journey took you. So you you thought you knew where you were headed. You headed out that way. Um, any surprises over the years? You know, something like bumps in the road, twists and turns that um, that you didn't see coming, but that made you better for it. What was your experience? For me, this is Jason. For me, the bumps in the road or the failures or whatever you want to call them that we all experience, those I look back upon. They were moments in time where I was able to look backwards and discover what was making me happy in life. Mm-hmm. And over time, I got more into who I really was and who I am and certainly who, where I'm from. Uh-huh. And I've lived true to that, and it's been great ever since. So the failures or road bumps to me always led to something successful. So do you think who you are was always there, and you just had to like get rid of that sort of surface stuff to, to really get back there? Like 100%. Yeah, like who you were as a kid? It helps so much to have a mentor, and I've mentored literally hundreds of kids now. Yeah. And... Um, the things that are important in life. Like I, one of the big things that I try to teach or, or talk about is EQ, emotional intelligence. Uh-huh. And within that, that's where the realness comes from. That's where the personal satisfaction comes from. That's how you relate to others. That's your empathetic. That's all the things that truly matter to me in life. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. This is Ross. Uh, I think that uh, the same thing as what Jason just said, uh, <clears throat> a direct change in life. Uh, I was going down a path. I did everything I was supposed to. I went to college, although I didn't finish. Uh, I was trying to do everything I was supposed to do. I got married the way I was supposed to. Um, life changed, and, and somehow the career that I found uh, kind of manifested itself. From my old life, I started out as an on-call firefighter for the Farmton Hills Fire Department, and it was kind of cool. And I'm like, wow, you know, someday I, I think I could really do this. Uh-huh. I wasn't that proverbial kid that said I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. Sure. Uh, and uh, when, when the change experience happened, uh, it was a complete reset, and uh, the direction was obvious. I, I sold off my business. I went into the, the full-time firefighter, and I, I can't look back. I mean, it's a great career. Yeah. Uh, I, I married a wonderful person that had two wonderful children that are my children now. Yeah. And... Um, you know, you, you, you can't change or regret anything. If you regret something, uh, you really have to take a, a checks and balance for yourself. Regrets aren't, uh, aren't something that we should have. Uh, we have to look back and, and uh, take anything that negative happened in our lives and grow on that negativity. Yeah. And I think Jason alludes to that as well. And, and I think that to uh, find a, a second life, so to speak, uh, it isn't a true second life. It's it's a completion or the the end game, so to speak. And yeah. you, you continue to move forward. And and I can honestly tell you that when I graduated high school, I never thought that I'd be the guy running down the street, ripping it up with the lights and sirens going, and and uh, you know enjoying myself, helping people, and and doing things that the average person doesn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's Everybody awesome. should do a ride along with a fire department, a fire person. Absolutely. Ross is available. If you want to, we'll, we'll give the number, right? In yeah, the right. show notes, right? Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> right, there you go. Jenny, <laughs> <laughs> Jenny. I, I will put that on the playlist for tomorrow night. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. I'm going to pass it off to Alan, the DJ. I got a playlist that my 27-year-old daughter, who loves 80s music, yes. put together. And I'm going to now hand that off to... to uh, Glusman here for the, what was the DJ name? RDG. R- DJ RDG. I'm going to rent equipment tomorrow morning. I'm going to have it all set up, and then you're on your own. Do we have a DJ? No, no. Well, I was going to hire one. Now we do. Okay, I, yeah, cool. I, I, I got an iPad or an iPod. Or I don't I know what it, it is. Too. Yeah, exactly. So anybody else want to talk about twists and turns, bumps in the road? Anyone? I feel that I'm at a point in my life that I really wake up every morning and know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, 
I'm where I want to be. I love that. And I couldn't have said that maybe even five years ago. Uh-huh. You know, I had a lot of, you talked about pivots and uh-huh. bumps in the road and things that happened that, you know, you might not be so proud of or the way you acted or reacted to something in your life. But I look back and I'm like, you know, that was supposed to happen and time healed that and I yeah. became a better person because of it. So yeah, that's awesome. First of all, that's congratulations. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is, you know, it's funny. When I was younger, I used to, you know, have regrets or say, "Oh, shouldn't have done this," or "Party too hard there," or whatever. I absolutely do not feel that way about anything in the past. I'm like, you know what? I'm great. I'm here, and, and it all made me who I am today. And yeah, I mean, I think you kind of get to that point, right? You yeah. know. There's a great quote by a, a old photographer. I'm not sure if he's still alive. His name is Stanko Abradovich, and to sum it up, basically he said that the faster we live, the less connected we become. Hmm. And I've learned that throughout my life. And instead of being on vacation and thinking about what I need to do when I get back, I try my best to live in the present every single moment, whether I'm talking to somebody, meeting with somebody, in business or whatever, with my, especially with my daughters. And it's paid dividends big time. Yeah, I love that, Jay. Thank you. So my microphone is back on. Yeah. Oh, this good. Is, RDG's uh, back. Our DJ RDG. <laughs> so actually, you know, I'm, I, I'm proud to say that after graduating uh, North, and I went to Michigan State, got my degree in accounting, and started with one of the big four firms, um, I never in my wildest dreams, A, even knew that recruiters existed back in 1996. Um, and I uh, I don't want to say I fell into it because, you know, there, the man upstairs has a plan for you. You don't necessarily know what that is, but he puts things in front of you, and you kind of fall into it and actually piggybacking on what Jason said and and, and the others being in recruiting and coaching and and Lynn has known me for a long time you know a lot of people they're lost Mm -hmm. right and I think what Jason said with regards to um uh, what is that? The emotional intelligence emotional intelligence and I do assessment tests with people um you know, they, they do not have a direct, a lot of people don't have direction in life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm proud to say that I get up and, and, and enjoy what I do every single day because that's what people need. Yeah. Somebody you know? shared something that uh, made sense to me about millennials because there's a disconnect between our generation and theirs and especially older generations. And, and then, in essence, what this gentleman said, who was a World War, World War II vet, is that he was asked the question, what's the difference between the greatest generation and then arguably, quote-unquote, the worst generation? Uh-huh. And the answer is really nothing because they're both people. But right. then, of course, mm-hmm. then at the same time, everything's different. Yeah. And why is that? And he had a very simple answer. He goes, his generation, World War II, they had challenges that were more important than them. Hmm. They lived for a cause that was more important than themselves. Kids enlisting to go fight at 14, 15, 16, 17, even before they're legal. Yeah. Where now there's the, the children aren't faced with challenges, so they create these challenges through social media and all these other things that aren't rewarding and don't pr- pr- provide them any value. Yeah. So it's good to be challenged. It's good to challenge yourself. It's good to live for something or do something that's more important than your own self. Absolutely. Amen. Steve and Jeff, <laughs> what do you guys think yeah, about that? It, this is Steve. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. In my, where I work, um, I'm now one of the older people, uh, which is <laughs> really, really scary. Yes. And I mean, we had a, a whole generation before me that were literally in their seventies that all retired within the last like five or six years oh. and it left this next tier which, which is my group, mm-hmm. but now 
the younger folks are the people who decide not to stay in the business. There are fewer and fewer of us, but the younger kids, and I call them kids, and I say that not <laughs> call them kids. Because but, we could be know, their the parents, ones, right? I mean, The we ones could, yeah. that are in their 20s, and when they say, oh, when, when were you born? And it's like, I was born in 1999. Like, oh my God, 1999. <laughs> I mean, that is absolutely mind-boggling. Yes. But it's interesting how you could see the work ethic from, and, and I'm not saying that all are like this, Yeah. but there's a different expectation from generation to generation. The folks who were before me, they were old school and that's who I learned from. Yeah. And I mean, I put my own twist on things and it's like, you know, you see these other folks that come in and the work ethic and the dedication in, in without sounding negative, it's mm-hmm. not as intense as what I remember myself being when I was their age. Yeah. Yeah. I look back when I was that age and I was interning at a newspaper and I had to write obituaries and I had to call people who are grieving. And of course, we didn't have the Internet. So it's all phone and fax and whatever it was. And it was really hard, but it was just sort of like you have to do it. Your your editor gives you the job and that's what you do. And it's not it. You can't say that it's hard, but I think today it's different. I think I think you can say that it's hard and, and that I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Is I mean, are well, we just being old codgers who are saying that, you know, we're tougher and we have a better work ethic than everybody, or is it real? No, actually you know? this is Arthur. I just wanna say I just wanna say something real quick. Um, I have three virtual assistants that work with me. None of them are the are in the United States of America. One is in India, one is in the Philippines, one is in Venezuela. Okay? Nice. These people bust their butt for a fraction of what, let's say, our kids would be expecting or our graduates. Yeah. And they're grateful for that. And so I think I th- something in our society has maneuvered from when we were kids. Because look at all, I mean, we're all, hu- I think hustling for us yeah. was a given. Yeah. Like yeah. car washes or... You know, washing dishes or whatever we had to do. Yeah. You know, kids these days, they they just, they beat to a different drum. It's plain and simple. But but it's also the parents' problem. It's the parents that are are enabling that. And that has to be owned by the generation above them. Otherwise, it's just sweeping it on the rug. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, what Steve said, I think, is spot on. The term old school, to me, um, it's synonymous to me with what's called consultative selling. It's really just doing the simple things, making contact, going to see somebody versus texting them, calling them versus an email, yeah. spending time, building rapport, building a relationship, talking about them. Business will follow, but know the person. Absolutely. I think Jeff or Steve was trying to say something. I kept cutting you off. Sorry about that. That's okay. It was me, Jeff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I see this stuff firsthand, you know, on a daily basis. And back to what Steve said, yeah, I'm I'm not one of the old farts at North Farmington, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there is nobody left from when we went there, okay? They're all gone. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Left the hallways. In fact, Bill Pinnell was the last one left, and oh. he left this He retired this year. Wow. But, um so it is a changing. I think, and I think Jason said it. And I forget who else. It's just, you know, there isn't the same work ethic. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. It's, um, you know, when there's a different mindset with people, with oh, you know, even my own kids sometimes, you know, it frustrates me that you know they do so many things online or with different things that you know you're just like, 
you've got to have a mindset. You've got to be able to do this. Like, I'm worried if she knows how to do laundry next year when she goes to college. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just have two words. Tough love. If she doesn't know how and she has dirty clothes, she will learn, right? Exactly. I mean, it's like, my wife says that all the time. She's like, is she going to know? I go, she'll figure it out. She's a great kid. She's got to figure it out sooner or later. I said, but I think, and, and I'm not putting her, but, you know, she has a pretty good work ethic, but there's a lot of them that don't. I look at some of them in high school and I go, I, I just say to them, what are you going to do? What What is your plan or what? You know, you don't have to have the perfect plan like Ross said. It, it yeah. can change. But what is your plan? And, yeah. and some of them, they just don't have, a, you know, they just, I, I really think they think they're just going to live with mom and dad forever. I don't know. <laughs> it scares me sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, really? That's going to happen this, here. Don't this you is Steve. <laughs> Uh, I think social media has played a huge role in this. Yeah. And in terms of how, I mean, the younger ones are today. And, you know, everything is measured on social media. How many likes do you get? How many retweets do you get? How popular are you? I see it in my business. I mean, we have, I mean, we get, I mean, reports every week who had the most, who had the least. And it's sort of like, oh, I better send more pictures of my dog or something to get some retweets. And I've seen it, Gus it, everywhere. What are you talking about? I always you know, like Gus your is, stuff, Gus Steve. Is more popular than yeah, me. We <laughs> always support you, Steve, all of us, right? We're your biggest fans. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, but it's interesting with social media, though. I mean, you know, that's how people today rank you. Yeah. Rank a yes. lot of, like, rank the, especially kids in high school. Themselves. I can't imagine. Yeah. What I would be like if I had Twitter and Facebook when I was in high school. Does anyone want to take a gab at that? Who? What would you be like if you had Twitter and Facebook? What would your handle be, Jason? ADD. Uh, (laughs) This is Ross. I'd be in jail for sure. (laughs) I mean, I would be blocked. I would be totally blocked, and I, I would be in trouble. Yeah. So, well, you know, I just have to say it's a miracle that it's it's so great that we didn't have it for so many different reasons, but especially because when I think about what I got away with that my parents still don't know about, and I don't even <laughs> think they listen to my podcast, so that's fine. But um, I mean, I know every single thing my kids do, I can track them. I see where they're moving when they're moving. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> scary. You know, I sort of feel like we should be in the dark, you know? It's, it's funny, Steve. Uh, of course, I'll have to disagree with you. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it sounds to me like an excuse is because this Ro- is this Ross? This is Ross, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Ross but disagrees with me on it. Oh, <laughs> everything, everything, no, but what Gus, everything what Gus does is okay. Gus is Gus is the, <laughs> Gus the, is cool. The, the, Gus is cool. Uh, the the key is though is we have a room full of almost. 50-year-olds. Oh, no, no. We're 48. I'm sorry. We're still we're in our 40s. And we're approaching 50. Right. Start using approaching. Oh, the, you guys are killing the me. Bottom, the bottom line is is uh, somehow we figured it out, but we forgot how to share it with our children. I don't agree with that. Well, I, I, I think that in my line of work, I see a lot of bad things. And uh, Jason and everyone's pointed out um, – different things that go on and, and Facebook and this and that and likes and dislikes. It's like at some point 
I taught my kids, even though they used Google to find the phone number instead of the yellow pages, I said, pick up the phone and call the auto parts store and find out if they have the parts. Well, can't I just send them a message? No, you can't send them a message. You actually have to do something. Google's not going to fix your car for you. I'm going to fix it for you. But you're Were you at my house yesterday? Because yeah. we had the same exactly. conversation Exactly. So a flat how is it so far removed and and jeff jeff is the perfect witness he works in the high school and he sees this so parents us we're we're the parents of the people that are in high school right now and and we're teaching these kids something different and um my kid learned that uh you know i'll use a a quote from a movie you know ricky bobby in the uh talladega nights if you're not first you're last uh i think (laughs) we all true i think we all fought (laughs) to be better and and be first uh, best in class, best at your job, best somewhere. Do you really think so? I didn't feel like I was fighting with people to be. Uh, you know, okay, fighting's a bad word. I think that the point is, is it's different now because now it's just a matter of, well, I didn't get a lot of likes, so things aren't good. And it's like, it, it, what do you mean things aren't good? You're, you're a smart kid. You do this, you do that. Who cares how many likes or right. whatever so- you get? So, so she- Shelly's dying to talk. We have got to let the woman have the microphone. <laughs> okay. So I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Okay. <laughs> so going back a little bit to a couple things that we've said with the social media, I think that our the new generation, the millennials, if we want to call them that, or even like my son, um, their dream is different than ours. When we were growing up, we saw what our parents had. Our parents had the typical job um, that was normal for them. Um, my parents are about like they cannot believe both their daughters are entrepreneurs and we work, you know, for ourselves by our, you know, like with other people and they just can't believe it. That would not be normal for when we were in high school. They yeah. everybody you got a big, you know, you got a job at a Fortune 500 company or you know one of the motor companies, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like social media has totally changed our kids' dreams. They watch their influencers and they want to have experiences. They want to travel the world. They don't care if they put pinch a tent. I have a friend on Facebook, literally is living in a tent. No so way. So that her and her family can travel the world. Like, and we watch and we. We go through her experiences living in all these different places around the world because of social media. So the dream is different. They don't need to have the perfect job that's normal like everybody else with a pension and a retirement plan and the perfect house. And then when you get the perfect house, you're there and it's paid off. And then you retire and then you send your kids to college and they do the same thing. Well, that's not typical or normal anymore. That's not what they're looking for. So... I don't know. It's kind of different. Yeah, but if you ask them the question, what are you going to do when you're 70? Do they have an answer for that? We at this I don't have an answer for that. I I don't think we have an answer either. I I go, but I really think thinking that far. They're thinking like, hey, what are we going to get to eat? And yeah, and I I have no I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. That's fine as long as they don't need to feed somebody else. If okay, they don't so need, we're going to we're going to refocus this because I think Steve and Jeff want to say something, and then we're going to move it back to our Steve and Jeff could have come to the studio. Uh oh, uh oh. So I would have loved, I would have loved to have. I mean, it's but it, it, I know I blame the airlines for trying to charge five hundred bucks for a round trip. Ticket. I agree, Steve. I, agree. I paid double just to see Lynn today. Oh, Jay, I love you so much. I can't. Hey, <laughs> hey, Steve, it's a twelve-hour drive. 
Okay. Anyway, <laughs> okay. that's all got to be added. Okay, there's hazing happening here now, right? Only people that love each other. I couldn't, love each other. I couldn't hear all that. <laughs> that's true. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> no, I just think that. I mean, back to like the 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 generation that is now after ours, and like how they for how what forward thinking means to them or what it is. And I'm like, and everybody always says to me, well, when are you? I said, I got five years left. I can retire in five years. No way. And, that's awesome. And the, and the way education is, it's like, it's a very, you know, it's changed a lot over the years. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I tell everybody I'm going to go in five years. I'll be 53. And wow. I'm going to do something. My wife, my wife likes to chime in. You're going to do something else. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm going to do something else. And I don't know what yet fully, but uh, it, it is nice to have that security and yeah. that was one of the perks, you know, there's not a lot of them as a teacher, but that is one of the perks. That I love that. Having that pension in the future. Yeah. Jason, you were going to say something. What I hear, though, I hear us cumulatively talking about what children should do or what they could do or why they're different. I think that ownership starts with us, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, I'm far, I agree from, with per- that. I'm far from perfect and I've made plenty of mistakes and I continue to make mistakes. However, the things that I've done right is my oldest daughter now, who's 15, she's already had three internships. She works part-time for the number one finance guy in Arizona. She'll have her fourth internship with a mayor this summer, and she's 15. And it's bringing those things to their eyes because they'll learn far more from somebody else than they will from us as a parent at that age. Correct. Yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, um, one of the things I've done with my kids is I don't push them with their grades or anything because I feel like whatever their choice is, they will learn from it. So if they totally fall on their faces and fail, that's a lesson, and they'll have to make a decision how they're going to. To pick themselves up and go forward. So I, I'm not the parent who pushes like you got to get a four point, you got or five point or whatever it is today. And I actually think my parents were like that too. Like my parents definitely wanted us to do well and to study, but they they were not hovering. You know, we. Um, I mean, when I think back to college applications, I, my parents probably wrote a check for whatever the fee was, but um, that was it. Like, they didn't sit and look over my shoulder and say, you know, what are you doing? They kind of sort of left me to my own devices. And I think that's a real gift. I really do. I think that uh, this is Ross again. Uh, <laughs> I think that it was funny. Uh, uh, at one point in time when I was in school, um, and I was questioning that I was in school and doing what I was doing because it wasn't for me. Uh, I actually came home from school. And I went to my dad's house and I said, um, did you have anything to do with me getting accepted? Because I don't think my high school GPA uh, got me into college. And he's like, nope. He says, no one called, no one asked. I said, okay, I'll load the question and say, would you have? And he's like, well, I may have. I went to a private school. I went to University of Detroit and um, it was a really cool school. And somehow I got in and Maybe it was just the right timing or I had just the right numbers and my SAT score saved me. Who knows? I, it doesn't really make a difference. But I actually asked my dad that question because I didn't feel confident enough to figure that, wait a minute, something's wrong. How did I get here? Yeah. It was the only school I applied to. They accepted me and something's not right. I, I, I tried to apply somewhere where I wasn't going to get accepted because then I'd, I'd have an excuse not to go to school. <laughs> uh, but with my kids, it, it's funny because, and Lynn said it, tough love. Tough love's the way to go. And, and I gave my stepchildren a hard way to go because I was allowed to. As a stepdad, you're allowed to beat the kids and do all the things <laughs> real parents aren't allowed to do. And uh, I hope someday when my daughter walks down the aisle, she gives me a big hug at the end of the aisle and and she tells me where to go politely <laughs> and thanks me for being such a hard ass on her. But uh, 
She's doing her own thing. She went to school for a couple of years only because I told her she had to to keep the health care going. And uh, it was a lie, especially when I found out that she didn't need to go to school under the new circumstances. And uh, when she found that out, she was really upset with me. But uh, she left school two uh, classes shy of an associate's degree, which is fine because she has a wonderful career where she's at right now. And she's advancing really well because of hard work and, and, and everything. And I think that it's different um, I don't want to take full credit for it because my wife uh, works hard, doesn't have a college degree as well, and and we instilled in them that they had to work one way or the other, whether it was uh, at school, yard work, or whatever. Uh, it was you do a sport or you have a job in our house, and uh, my daughter had a job and my son played hockey, and he learned what he did from hockey, and she learned what she did from working, and. Um, I think it made a difference. Uh, I think it, all millennials aren't uh, as bad as we're kind of making them sound right now. It's oh, for different. sure. Yeah. It's different. Correct. Oh, it yeah, is. we're not. And I think that uh, each parent uh, makes a decision on what they do. And it's weird that we talked about earlier that, uh, you know, did we lead them astray somewhere? I don't think we led them astray. We just changed. Uh, as parents, we decided society didn't want us to push. And you said, yeah. Lynn doesn't, you know, who cares about what the grades are? Yeah. As long as they're doing their thing and they're being consistent and they're holding up to their responsibilities, we'll let them do it and we'll give them that distance. But I think that, um, I think it's realistic to say that uh, times definitely have changed from us leaving high school and the whole parameters of why we're having this discussion today and where we thought we would be and what we're doing. And it's, it's ironic that Jeff is in the uh, education system uh, and he sees it firsthand and his, his account is perfect for what he's seeing and uh, the rest of us do different things, whether we're self-employed, work for somebody, or uh, Lynn's self-employed, but she does something totally different. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, it's very interesting to see, and it'll be cool to meet the people uh, that we haven't seen in 10, 20, 30 years tomorrow yeah. Yeah. And, and see where things have changed and whatever. I, maybe it's not the children that's changed. Maybe it's us that didn't follow the path that we had growing up with our parents guiding us or our grandparents guiding us and that mentorship and teaching emotional intelligence and teaching us the old school method. So it's maybe it's our, ourselves, our fault. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Well, it's a journey, not a destination to be cliche, but um, we have like five minutes left because oh, no. I know we could go for hours. This would be like the longest <laughs> podcast ever, right? Um, but I want to finish by asking you guys, you know, knowing what you know now, sitting where you are at this moment, 48 years old, 30 year high school reunion, um, approaching 50 Ross, really far <laughs> down the road. Anyway, um, what would you tell your younger self? You know, what, what, would you look back and say is the most important lesson you could give to your younger self? Uh, um, I think the most important thing is just be true. I think we've, we've kind of hit on it is be true to yourself and what you believe in and what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and continue following your path. Um, it's, it's funny, you know, kids these days, they'll come, they'll, they'll graduate high school. They'll come back and visit five, 10 years later. And they'll say, are you still teaching at North? I'm like, yeah, in education, the difference is unlike some other jobs, you don't move around because if yeah. you move around, you take a pay cut. Yeah. It's like you, you stay. And so, yeah, I'm staying there until they kick me out the door or I decide to go. I said, well, you just got to stay true to yourself and yeah. follow your dreams. And my dream, I, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a math teacher and a coach. And, and you know, I hope my kids follow their dreams and do what they want to do. And, you know, but you just got to stay true to what you are and what you believe in. Yeah. Arthur, what would you say? 
I would say listen to your parents. Listen to your parents. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Who sometimes we're right. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> right. Sometimes. Shelly, what do you think? What would you say to your younger self? Well, I still say it to myself every day. Sometimes I think I'm my worst critic. So just be easier on yourself because everything works out the way it's supposed to. And I think the biggest thing that I am most excited about is finding something that I'm passionate about doing so it doesn't even feel like work. I mean, one of my first paydays, I remember because I had been a stay-at-home mom for a while, and now I'm a work-from-home mom for 10 years. But I remember getting my first paycheck and forgetting it was payday till somebody that worked under me had said, hey, how do we use this pay card? And I'm like, well, we used to get paychecks. You mean we get paid on a uh, credit card now? Like This was probably like <laughs> nine years ago when they switched the way we got paid. I was like, oh, we get paid on a credit card? Oh, I guess it is payday. Well, let me find out about that. And that was when, like, that was like Ooh. nine years ago. And I think that that was when I was like, hey, I found something that I love to do so much that I forget <laughs> that I do it to get paid. You <laughs> know, so awesome. if you can find something that you are passionate about doing, that you love doing with people that you truly enjoy, then, you know, life's good. I love that. That's wonderful. It's cool. Who else? Jay, what would you say? You know, from my experience, I, I, I feel that I've just become more of who I always was, and I really like that part about me. For me, it'd be, you know, pay attention to who I am, understand what matters, um, get rid of things that don't matter, surround yourself with like-minded individuals, understand that's your network, and that will take you everywhere. Every single person that you touch, keep them in your network for life. It means everything. Those simple things with simple tenets of life can take everybody so, so far. I love that. That's true. Russ? I think that uh, Shelly summed it up, and, and uh, I, I found my thing. And, yeah, it's nice that the calendar shows the payday every two weeks. But uh, I don't know if you guys see the movie Matrix, but we have a Mrs. Anderson that uh, <laughs> lives in the township where I work, and, and um, she's spectacular. And she was probably having maybe a heart attack or whatever issue she had going on. And she said, hold on, I have to get something out of my bedroom. And she went and got this paper bag out of her bedroom. And we go to her house regularly. And um, in the bag was these three handmade Afghans that she made for myself and my crew for my fire station. And uh, that that Afghan sits on the end table uh, at the foot of my bed. And that's why I do my job. Uh, The paycheck's nice. The pension's nice. The retirement's nice. The insurance's nice. All that's nice, but... We need to understand or teach our children that uh, uh, tomorrow has something different for us, uh, and it's the little things that make the difference, not the big things or the paycheck. Yeah. Really well said. Steve, do you have any thoughts about what you would say to your younger self today? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. Where do I start? Uh, Don't be afraid to think out of the box. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be different. Um, I am gay and I mean, I was when I was in high school Uh and it's, it was no surprise to myself. I don't think it was looking back at it in hindsight, a surprise to many people. And it's just sort of like, but you think of today what it's like, it's totally, it's cool. Yeah. Most of the time Yeah. in high school, if I were to come out, I don't think that would have been so cool. But I mean, but like I say, for my younger self, I'd be like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to think out of the box. And what I would say to myself, travel and open your eyes to other cultures. Absolutely. 
and open your eyes to other people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what they're going through, because just because you may have been born in the United States or in Arthur's uh, in Russia, that it gives, he said it gives him a different perspective and perspective is everything. And it just widens our view of the world. And I think that if we had a better understanding for what people are doing in the Middle East, for what people are doing in Mexico, in Central America, in South America, I think we would have a better understanding of why, how we could get things done to make it a better place. Yeah. Bravo, bravo. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have to say that when I was younger, I didn't see that, you know, if you see yourself in another person, if you see that humanity in them, you can't hate them, you can't be mean to them, you can't be bitchy, whatever it is. And and I wish I would have known that back then, that every single person is so special and important and that that's just the, the goal is to connect with other people. And and I have to say, you guys, um, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it is rose colored glasses, but I think we had an awesome high school class. I, I think each of you are amazing and I'm so grateful to know you and to count you as my friends this many years later. And um I don't think that's I don't think that's as common as as we think it is. You know, I think we should be really grateful that um, we're in each other's lives. And um, but we have to teach our children to appreciate that. For example, yeah. I mean, Steve and I have been friends since second grade. Yeah. Praveen and I have been friends since second grade. Yeah. So my neighbors, they're young professionals. They could be our kids. <laughs> <laughs> we had dinner with them recently and I was like, there are 10 years coming up. I was like, well, you have to go. You know, somebody took the time to plan that. Yeah. And you need to go. There were like 900 kids that graduated with us. It's on the wrong side of town. We won't know anybody. And we married each other. And we're friends with our friends. I'm like, oh, okay. So I have the same conversation with my my son who just graduated. And he and his buds have been friends from kindergarten or third grade when they moved in the neighborhood. And there's a picture of the seven of them. It gives me goosebumps thinking about the seven of them that are like the best of buds um, that still hang together and really care about each other and watching just the senior class for I I have stepchildren as well so I've watched um, two of them graduate from high school and then now my son so the three of them from the same high school pretty close in age and watching those senior classes although the school was bigger our community was very similar to ours at North Farmington, and those kids do genuinely care. And maybe it is social media a little bit that keeps them a little bit connected, but they do care about each other, and they are openly accepting of all the children, like all the kids in their class that graduated together from different backgrounds and things like that. So I think we need to give them a little bit of credit. Yeah, I mean, like what you said, Steve. You know, it is actually my my kids who are in middle school. You know, they have friends who are openly gay or bi or trans even, and they're talking about this in middle school, and they're totally just—it's no big deal. It's just—it's just whatever, you know. And so I have to give this generation a lot of credit because everything that we um, fought for is now just a given. And so maybe we are, I don't know, paving a, a better path for the next generation. We can give that credit too. And they're not all such horrible people without a work ethic, right? <laughs> and we're re- well, right. we're really not saying anything different no. than our parents said about <gasps> us. Oh my gosh. Is that our parents? We're becoming oh, our no. mother. <laughs> I am. I'm That's becoming what my I've been mother saying. every day. <laughs> You just hit the nail on the head. We became our parents. We became our parents. I'm sorry. 
It's all about your environment. Well, you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the Make Meaning podcast. I am just so grateful that you guys are my friends and that you gave me this time and um, drank wine with me. And Steve and Jeff, tomorrow night we'll toast. And um, just, you guys, thank you so much. I, I can't wait to celebrate with everybody. And, you know, here's to another 30 years of friendship. All right. Thanks. Bravo. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you would share our great conversations with your people so we can all add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do.